0: Relax and get ready to learn. Here's Pat.
1: This is Pat Iyer. This is Legal Nurse Podcast. And you have an opportunity today to meet Joe Flores, who is a nurse attorney, a nurse practitioner, and a frequent speaker at our LNC conferences. Joe had the opportunity to work as a legal nurse consultant while he was going through his education to become a nurse practitioner and an attorney and now practices law in Corpus Christi and handles a variety of cases. Joe, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks Pat for always having me on and uh, you and Barbara Levin have just been extraordinary and thank the audiences also. I wanna thank the audiences that have attended. There've been an overwhelming amount of support Uh, for me and the other attorneys that come out, and uh, the legal nurse consultants and other experts. So thank you.
1: I thought today, Joe, we would talk about expert witnesses. Some of our audience are experts. Some of our audience are asked to find expert witnesses. Some um, have probably drawn the conclusion that they never want to be an expert witness. Uh, Often when I ask audiences that question, there's a bunch of sheepish hands raised of, no, I don't want this role. And we both know that this is a a critical role, and it is um, a demanding one. I entered the field of legal nurse consulting as an expert and then began supplying other experts as the needs came up. From your perspective as an attorney, let's focus on the selecting of the expert, how do expert witnesses fit within the importance of handling a case that goes on for trial or for mediation or deposition?
2: Well, first of all, I'd like to say to those that um, are a bit squeamish about being uh, uh, expert witnesses, that there are two types. There are purely consulting and testifying experts. You don't have to take the stand and get grilled, so to speak. Uh, Many uh, experts are purely consulting, meaning they're a secret weapon. They make a report, and it is an attorney-client work product that is solely for the attorney. Uh, A tip there is to talk orally or verbally with the attorney first and get an understanding of what the impressions are and we'll get into the mechanics or the anatomy of, a, of an expert report in a moment. But I think it's important that the nurses understand that without an expert, it's, it's impossible. Um, I myself have been uh, an expert uh, when I was uh, going through school, uh, through graduate school, through law school and worked on nursing home cases, the majority of which never went to trial. Over 90% of cases do not go to trial. Uh, you may have your deposition taken, and that's for another lecture on how to prepare for a deposition. I've written some on the on that, and it is on my website on articles. Uh, but um, I think that uh, those that wanna delve into that area will have just a great uh, amount of satisfaction. And also we'll learn a lot about how attorneys think. And uh, I'd like to you know, delve into that a little bit later during our conversation about what's going on through the minds of both the defense and the plaintiff attorneys. And expert witnesses are not just for civil cases like medical malpractice. They also are for criminal cases, for administrative cases, for workers' compensation cases, and much, much more.
1: You're right. There's a whole range of cases that uh, involve expertise. If we think about what goes through your mind, let's say you're handling a malpractice case and you, you need a nursing expert, what qualities do you as an attorney look for in an expert witness when you are talking to people or maybe using your networks to find out who your colleagues have used. First, let's talk about the qualities, then we can talk about how you find them.
2: Well, um, I'm looking for somebody, not necessarily board certified, as a legal nurse consultant, that is important. I wanna clarify that for the record. I often say you don't need to be certified as an LNC, although it's important to learn the craft, but you do need to know your area of expertise. And if we put on the language of a lawyer, by virtue of your training, experience, and knowledge, Those are the buzzwords that we use. So take, for instance, somebody who worked in the ER 20 years. Maybe they aren't a CEN or certified emergency room nurse, but they have the training, the experience, and the knowledge to do it. Uh, Say, for instance, a a building case I'm working on and and a uh, a construction, something collapsed and killed someone. Sometimes we can get carpenters or, or contractors, and they say, well, wait a minute, I don't have all these fancy titles. Well, you don't have to. You've worked in the area and we prove you up." So the way the lawyer is looking at, first of all, uh, an expert witness, it's not a beauty contest. Certainly I would be out of the running immediately. It's about how you present yourself, uh, your body language, um, your eye contact, uh, learning how to conduct yourself properly um, if you are going to give testimony. You uh, most depositions, you're looking straight at the camera. You don't do this number or this number, looking to the attorney for guidance. Mistake number one, you are there by yourself. I always tell people, keep your hands to your side or on the table. If you need a break, it's not a case of endurance. So we need to have people that are calm and it's hard to overcome being nervous. So a good attorney will prepare but not put words in the mouth of their expert. The expert um, is, I can't be the expert for my own case. I'm the lawyer, I can't be the fact witness, even if I know about nursing home or home health or whatever, I still need an expert to prove uh, my case. Because of that, I can't prove my case without the uh, testimony of experts. And those can be SANE experts. Those can be any type of nurse with expert training, OB, ER, uh, ICU, uh, advanced practice of all types. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, I size somebody else up, and they don't necessarily have to have a lot of experience. Sometimes we don't want to have the quote-unquote hired gun that always testifies. I'd rather have somebody who may not have testified too much or maybe has testified a little on the defense side and a little on the plaintiff side, and that way they look balanced. But it's not uh, one-fits-all.
1: What would you say to a nurse who is questioning whether he or she wants to be involved as an expert? Because many people are intimidated by the idea of needing to testify, I think, the cross-examination part, from my experience testifying for 25 years is probably the most difficult aspect of being an expert. You've got somebody sitting on the fence who's, who has the experience, who's worked for you know, 10 years in the ER. And somebody says, well, would you wanna be an expert? Have you considered being an, an expert? What would you say from your perspective as an attorney to that person who's questioning whether this is a good choice.
2: I would say that if you have worked uh, in, and taken the courses like you offer, like I've offered lectures and things uh, through your courses, I would say, take that chance. It's important, especially nowadays uh, with uh, the court system being what it is, we're doing more court. I just had court by Zoom this morning. It was hotly contested and it's so hard without being in front of a judge to feel that courtroom, to be there six feet away from the, from the judge, uh, to be able to just pass over evidence and, and show the exhibits and give the other side the exhibits and say, well, we're going to have a, say a, a restraining order this morning and we've got an expert that will testify. And, and it doesn't even have to be trial. Uh, an expert can be called on a motion. Uh, So let's, from the beginning, um, I would encourage people to study it. Uh, One of the cases, the seminal case that uh, people look at, I took three years of French, so I can pronounce it pretty well, Daubert, D-A-U-B-E-R-T, versus Merrill Dow Pharmaceuticals. That is the seminal case, and in Texas, of course, we, uh, 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 we corrupt it by saying Daubert Challenge, uh, a Dobert uh, challenge is whether this person uh, be expected to be struck as uh, not being competent. Don't take it personally. The other side is afraid of you uh, and your experience and knowledge and your report. And we'll get to how to do a report whenever you're ready. Uh, but uh, we, uh, the motion to strike is usually the first thing that is heard, uh, whether by the defense or the plaintiff. And I am trying to say, your honor, before we even go to trial, I'd like to strike Joe Flores as an advanced practice registered nurse because he's only been doing hospice and uh, has not stepped foot in a nursing home in two, three years. Uh, How does he know about the standards? Uh, Moreover, Joe Flores uh, has uh, uh, just been a lecturer and, and, and teaching. And so what we do is we, we uh, have the other side say I'm defending that. Uh, just an abbreviated version, I'd come back and say, Your Honor, the rule clearly states by virtue of training, experience, knowledge. Teaching is training, knowledge, and experience. Past experiences, and let me say that Mr. Flores deals with the elderly every day, sees the aftermath, and helps with the chronic care management of the elderly and is abundantly qualified after three decades to testify. Then the judge weighs the arguments and says, let's hear a little bit, and then they put on the expert uh, on, the, on the stand. No, tr- no jury trial or anything has had yet. These are preliminary hearings. And uh, the judge, after hearing uh, that, uh, that can happen before trial or during trial. And uh, they will say, like in Texas, we say voir dire. Uh, you've seen it in movies. They'd say, I'd like to take this expert, like on my cousin, Venny, on voir dire. And that means I want to challenge them and see if there truly are experts in their field. In that cousin Vinny movie, his girlfriend was a mechanic that looked like a Broadway model. And uh, she was talking about carburetors and, and cars and uh, the judge said you certainly qualify and she went on to testify so you never know Uh, so don't count yourself out as an expert witness is the bottom line you have the training the experience and the knowledge and I think all of us often minimize our virtues and our strengths where we shouldn't Mm
1: mm-hmm I know that you have the responsibility for the cases that you handle of locating an expert for your person that you're representing. Uh, what do you find to be some strategies that are useful for locating people who are both qualified and willing to testify?
2: My legal nurse consultant friends, first of all, I look towards. Um, I ask them for maybe a sample of their work um, and uh, I can see how they write. It it gives me an insight. And I often will tell them, well, which case did you testify uh, in? And uh, I can literally pull up the record of the case. I can pull up their testimony and I can see how they can handle themselves under fire. I can get their deposition testimony and video and see how they handle themselves and play in front of a jury. Uh, that costs money, and so you have to be cautious. So, oftentimes we do go to the well to the same people sometimes that we trust, um, and and uh, there's a lot riding on it. So uh, often my often my friends that are legal nurse consultants or uh, Attorneys that have a lot of experience will say, This guy or this lady is an expert. And I mean, knows how to hold themselves in court uh, under fire. Um, and I ask them, Have they ever been impeached, you know, caught in a lie or caught in conflicts? You know, uh, for instance, if they say, Mr. Flores, uh, you say that uh, bed sores are preventable. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, let's go back to March 14th, 2007. Whammo! They put up this big 8x10 picture in court now with all this high-tech stuff, or people are watching it on a screen at home if they're a jury nowadays with COVID. And they'll say, you didn't say that in 2007. You said that some are unavoidable. So are you lying then or are you lying now? Now, they're not going to come out and say it so dramatically, but... The implication will be there. Uh, Oh, uh, you know. So, how much are you getting paid for testifying today? And, you know, they can ask those sort of questions. Well, I'm getting paid $250 an hour. Uh, But as a nurse practitioner, you get paid $75 an hour. So, you're getting paid two and a half times what you usually get paid, right? To testify and say, uh, you know, and I say, I'm getting paid for my time plus my preparation. And this is the normal standard uh, of what a witness would charge because of standby time.
1: Before we continue with the show, I'd like to share this special announcement with you. Hi, I'm Pat Eyer, and I've got Teresa DeVitt Lynch with me. Together, we have planned a course for legal nurse consultants on interpreting sexual assault documentation. Teresa is a sexual assault nurse examiner, and an educator, and an experienced expert. And we thought this would be a valuable course to have for legal nurse consultants who want to develop more skill in this particular type of case. Teresa, what are some of the things that the person who attends this course is going to gain from participating in it?
3: The um, overall objective is for LNCs to get an expanded knowledge on how to effectively consult on sexual assault cases, adults and adolescents. Um, And the target audience is, is LNCs either that do or do not have experience performing forensic examinations or SANE training. So this will kind of cover the basic information from how evidence is collected to how they interpret and read the, uh, documents, the police reports, um, DNA reports, and then obviously the exam forms too.
1: And is this a common type of case that nurses might be asked to assist with?
3: Unfortunately it is, uh, yes. So, and you know, in in recent years with the, um, kind of the the greater knowledge of sexual assaults and um, the Me Too movement, there's been an increase in sexual assault reports and um, trials as well. And so to identify and utilize the medical evidence efficiently, then attorneys turn to legal nurse consultants sayings to help them interpret the medical records, interpret the injuries, and identify relevant pieces of evidence to support their case.
1: If you're a legal nurse consultant interested in developing a skill in helping attorneys with this all too prevalent type of case, be sure to go to this link. It'll be right below this video. It's http colon forward slash forward slash LNC.tips forward slash sexual assault. This course is made up of a variety of strategies for learning. You'll get videos that you can go through and study and relearn and learn and read the transcripts and watch the videos and get that information locked in. We'll have case examples for you to analyze and ask you to write a report that will give you the skill and experience that you need in order to be able to put your thoughts and analytical abilities together. And we'll give you feedback on how well you did. The course also includes a day with us that will be recorded for you if you're not able to participate in that day where you'll get even deeper knowledge on how to analyze these cases. And a major case to review and prepare a comprehensive report so you'll have the full spectrum of practice opportunities. Be sure to go to that link, http colon forward slash forward slash lnc.tips forward slash sexual assault. I'm Pat Iyer, and I'm teaching this course with Teresa DeVitt Lynch. We'll see you there. Now let's return to the show.
2: Things like that. Now that's the way you come across when you're under fire and they're trying to burn you to a crisp. You don't (laughs) waver. And I'm sure you Pat doing a quarter century or more of it, you know how to handle it. And it gets hot and heavy in there. But that is not a reason to say, I don't want to be an expert. Again, over 90% of cases settle. Uh, As long as you come across truthful honest and you don't waver and you keep your cool, things go very well and I'll tell you why. Approval rating of attorneys, 15%. Approval rating of nurses, 85% year after year. Um, juries hate a bully and so do judges. So, a, a, a smart attorney will not beat up on a nurse. But there not are ways Not in the
1: to courtroom. Society.
2: Not, no. But
1: sometimes Certainly in deposition. Not.
2: But also in deposition, a smart attorney won't do that because what if the uh, expert, uh, especially in these times, becomes unavailable or is sick from COVID or something like that? They'll say, we have nothing else, Your Honor, uh, because the, uh, our expert witness has COVID, or for instance, or maybe has some other medical issue or is unavailable otherwise. Well, then the... Uh, Uh, The judge will say, unless you have some deposition edits, otherwise play the video. That's why it's important for many lawyers to get the uh, videotaped deposition of an expert first to find out what they're going to say in court, but also to find out any contradictions they're going to say about the case in court. And if they're absent, they can play the video to the to the jury mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important to maintain eye contact with the camera to maintain uh don't lose your cool don't argue with the attorney um, you know they're uh, they're gonna on cross-examination uh they don't care what you have to say uh they're gonna ask isn't it true that you're just here to make money that, that question is just ridiculous uh you would just say calmly no uh you know you're not going to overreact uh, uh on cross-examination after years of doing it i really don't care what the witness says and that sounds harsh but it's true I, i'm just trying to make them look bad discredit them so i'm saying isn't it true you're getting paid 300 an hour here but ordinarily only get 75 an hour as a nurse practitioner right and then you let the silence hang hopefully there's a the silence and the person maybe shuffles gets you know starts looking wild-eyed that's what i want uh, for the jury to look and say hmm. planning those seeds of doubt it's not an easy thing to be an expert but again it's a challenge and it's a new level that i welcome many lnc's you don't have to be a movie star and you don't have to look like Robert Redford or, or, or George Clooney to, to, to be an expert.
1: Well, yes, we agree on that point. Experts come in all sizes and shapes. In fact, uh, you know, one of the issues that gets discussed a lot in legal nurse consulting circles is physicians who are skilled in the courtroom in communicating, have wonderful bedside manners, who are um, smooth in their delivery, they know how to talk to the jury. But there are other physician experts and I identify them specifically because it's more of an issue it seems for some physicians who take the bait that you're describing, who do start arguing, who flash in their temper, who get arrogant, um, who flub up in front of the jury in a way that makes the attorney who hired him or her cringe. Have you heard of situations like that? And is there any way for us as LNCs working with people who might react that way to help make sure that they don't flare in a difficult way?
2: Well, in all candor, yes, I've, I've uh, burned people to a crisp. Uh, you know, I'll say, uh, doctor, uh, isn't it true that uh, these records from Jefferson Memorial show that the patient had uh, been a smoker and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and a drinker and, and all this? Well, I haven't looked at those records. Well, doctor, you're here testifying as an expert. Wouldn't it have been a good idea for you to have looked at every single document before you rendered your expert opinion? Whammo, okay? Now, that one, I loaded up. I act real you know and they know i'm a nurse practitioner so they have the power thing going on dynamic with me i'm 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 doctor god you're a nurse practitioner you're a lawyer i despise you so i use that weapon and i get under their skin and i and i know how to get under their skin and and i'll say you're not prepared at all are you I mean, uh, and, and let's talk about your practice of medicine. And I attack them there and say, you really haven't practiced medicine at all. You've just been a glorified school teacher, correct? I mean, it gets hot and heavy. I, you, you, you do it in deposition some, but not too much. When I was a younger lawyer, I was much more heavy-handed. Now I do it a lot more reserved. I'll say, and say it nicely, you know, Doctor, wouldn't it have been a good idea if the uh, opposing counsel uh, who is paying you here today, if he had shown you these records? Yes, I suppose so. That's, that's a lot better delivery. I don't have to shoot a mosquito with a shotgun. So I remember to, oh, sitting
1: in a I'm courtroom sorry. one time and found out that the plaintiff's deposition had been taken and my client didn't send it to me. And I was a plaintiff nursing expert. And the attorney said, well, how come you didn't get that deposition? First of all, I didn't know it existed. It's not what I said, but I said I, um, I wasn't aware that it was taken. Well, wouldn't you have expected that they would have taken the plaintiff's deposition? You know, how do I make myself look good without making my client look bad? It was very awkward. And, you know, it was one of those blinding hindsight realizations. Yeah, I didn't see that deposition. I didn't know it was taken. I should have asked for it. But you you don't want to have to think those things through while you're sitting on that hot seat in the courtroom with everybody staring at you while you're frantically trying to think of what is the most polished way to answer this question without making yourself look like an idiot.
2: The best way is to steal their thunder and say, uh, again, I didn't see that deposition and let it lie flat. Um, and if he continues or she continues, the, the lawyer stands up, asked and answered. He is now badgering the witness. Uh, uh, Mr. Smith, move on. And if the judge gives him one of those, the jury is going to say, now he's beating up on the expert. Okay, they didn't see it, but we're probably going to hear from. And and, the, and then the don't worry about it, all of that, because number one, it's not your fault as an expert that you didn't get everything. Uh, you can tell the lawyer, please give me everything you think that I need. Then it's on them, right? But that's the lawyer's fault by not giving you the deposition or at least a deposition summary. Say the deposition was 400 pages. Uh, we sometimes get clerks or, or y- y- junior lawyers to uh, summarize the depositions. I did many deposition summaries in my younger years, 400 page deposition, eight hours, and make and, and, the, and, the, and they wanted it down to a 20 page summary. Page one through five said this. Page five through seven said this, and I better get the good points right on there. And then they read the depo sums, is what we call them, and the, and preparing for trial, uh, the main lawyer who's trying the case, a lot of the time hasn't seen the case until the weekend before trial. This is true. The main guy, uh, he's so good, you know, and I can name a lot of guys. They will. I know one a lawyer who bakes. She was my mentor. She would bake and she would study the depositions that I took and the other young men took. And she would look them through, say, okay, I know what I need to, I need to, I know what I need. And she would just have her theme there. And she was just magic. She could just mm-hmm. do it. And, and she said one thing that stuck with me and I would say applies to lawyers and applies to expert witnesses, never let them see you hurt. If it hurts, stay calmer than ever, and just keep your composure. If they say, wouldn't have been a good idea? You know, there's no real way to answer that other than to say, I didn't look at it. That's not what I asked you. Wouldn't it have been a good, oh, that's gonna draw an objection. Make them, then you draw them in. You stay calm, you let them, and they're, you're not giving them what they want let them take the bait. Uh, and some lawyers, mainly young, hot, hot-headed hot lawyers, and some that are still hot-headed and old will take that. And, you know, we have a saying in Texas, it's called, when you, when you strike oil, stop drilling.
1: As uh, a last question I wanted to ask you, Joe, I know that you are um, aware that in some jurisdictions, expert witnesses are... Expert witnesses are required to write reports in other states. You know, they are not writing reports or the attorney's filling out an affidavit. For those people who are practicing in states or handling cases in states where expert witness reports are required, can you offer any tips for constructing a well written report?
2: Well, yes. Uh, first of all, I. I have to preface it by saying I'm not, of course, licensed in every state. However, I have worked on federal cases that require uh, certain um, standards on those reports. And they really mirror uh, a lot of, again, uh, the uh, Daubert, D-A-U-B-E-R-T versus Merrill Dow pharmaceutical case You can Google that and and review that, and that really shows you the roadmap of what an expert is expected to do. But there are parts of a report that are expected, uh, and I'll just break it down in less than 30 seconds. My name is Joe Flores. I am a nurse practitioner and uh, a registered nurse. By virtue of my training experience and knowledge, I have uh, worked uh, with the elderly and people throughout the lifespan for over three decades. Uh, I've had the opportunity to review the following records, colon, and you list out all the records. Uh, then you list out the brief facts. The facts of the case, as I understand them from the review of the medical records are, and that can be a one-pager, two two-pager, It's. Uh, keeping brevity is better. Uh, And then you state the standard, the standard of care requires. And you cite, you know, CFR codes, you know, code of federal regulation, anything, you know, state codes uh, of standards of nursing. Um, You know, you state some rules, what are the standards? And you say, this is how this facility deviated from the standards. And this is what it led to. Now, we have to be careful as nurses and nurse practitioners. In some areas, we are independent, or as I call the free states, and some we are not. But still, in most jurisdictions, only physicians can give an ultimate medical conclusion. So your wording has to be careful. You'd say, based upon the report and the conclusions, these are the damages that occurred. This is the, say, the life care plan that may be needed uh, if you're opining or giving an opinion on that. And this is what kind of care and what kind of life uh, or quality of life this person will expect. And that pretty much is, is, a, is a report that's pretty solid. Uh, but at the end, you always say, I reserve the right to amend or to uh, add or supplement my report if other records or information comes to light. And that is sometimes where we were talking about, oh, you didn't see this deposition, did you, and everything, and say, well, as I said in my report, I'll be glad to amend my report and uh, include that. Well, it's too late. We're at trial. You know, if the lawyer takes that big he'll look like a fool. And so again, keeping your composure and that, and, and I don't wanna oversimplify, but that's the example of a, an expert report.
1: All right, perfect. I know that our viewer or our listener who's listening to this on the audio channel or watching the video on our YouTube channel, will wanna know how they can reach you, Joe. What would be the best way for them to connect with you?
2: easily uh, visit uh, uh, www.floreslawfirm.com or just call us 361-887-8670. I'm an easy guy to find on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, And uh, I get instant messages all the time uh, along with Facebook messages from nurses around the United States. Those that I can't help, we refer over to my colleagues in other states. Um, And I do have a a book which uh, uh, I hope to uh, uh, make uh, more uh, ubiquitous uh, and accessible that I've written from the lens of both an LNC and an attorney, my journey of how I became uh, a lawyer. And it's a course book for 18 contact hours. I'd love for anyone, not just anyone who wants to be an LNC, just a nurse to read it because it really educates you law. Uh, from my lens, uh, my journey. So, call me if you have any questions, 361-887-8670, or you can email me, attorneyjoeflotis at gmail.com.
1: Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. You have a unique lens combining nursing, being an attorney, being a nurse practitioner, having worked as an LNC, and that makes you a, a valuable resource for LNCs. To you who's well, been thank watching, you. Thank you. I, I didn't mean to step over your response, so I'll stop again. And let me say, you, you are a valuable resource for LNCs.
2: Thank you. I know our bad bandwidth is a little bit uh, low today. We're, we're trying to communicate best we can with the technology we have. And I think we've done pretty well. Yes. Uh, so uh, thanks to you. And uh, again, always thank you for including me, Pat. Uh, it's an honor to help out all the LNCs and nurses out there that are my brothers and sisters.
1: Very nice. And for you who's watching this podcast, um, be sure to come next week for a new guest, new show. Leave a comment below. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you don't like. And I'm happy to incorporate your suggestions and ideas into future shows. Thanks so much.
0: Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Join our community to get notified of each new episode and to receive the transcript of today's program. Complete the request form on podcast.legalnursebusiness.com. We appreciate you and your interest.